1: C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version.
2: And now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm very glad you're joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and we're going to talk about a topic today regarding success. And this is something that we as Americans are always pursuing. And I think it would be important to learn that there are some key points to being successful that have to be learned, that have to be implemented in order for there to truly be success and success that lasts. And so I have three points today that we're going to kind of talk about in depth. And And at the end of the show, I'm going to share a little bit about my own life and how I learned these points and how God did that with me. And so, and how he continues to work on this in my own life. And so it's important that, that you understand that as I've learned these points, I I have become more and more aware of whatever success I have in my life really truly is not my own making at all. In fact, it's the graciousness of the Lord that in spite of me, I have become somewhat successful in in different endeavors that I have done. So God honored these three things that I was doing, which I didn't know I was doing, even though I was doing them for many of the wrong reasons. And so you're going to see how these three points just work and how God can use, use these points to make success happen for you. So I, I learned this great analogy or idea the other day from this man. His last name is Campbell. And he says, you know, if your life was a novel, would you want to read it? Would you want to keep reading it or would you want to put it down? Because it's too boring or because it's not making sense. So when you think about that, your life being a novel that there is a novelist that is writing your story. And we know that the great novelist is is our Lord. And so when he was creating me, he was writing this story. So in spite of me, that story is going to be walked out. And he wants me to be successful. This is one of the reasons he died. Jesus died so that we could be successful, so that we could overcome those things that get in the way of us being who God has originally created us to be. And so think about great novels that you have read and why they keep you so enthralled. Much of that has to do with the fact that whoever the main character is, is constantly overcoming. He's doing major comebacks. She's making mistakes, but learning from them and turning them into something that's even better and becoming a deeper person and someone that has more, more depth and more to offer and has affected the world that they live in. So as we look at this, I want you to think about your story and your own story and really learning to trust God with your story. So the first way that we learn that success happens, that has to happen, is this idea of meditation and prayer. When I gave my life to Christ as an adult, because I, I was 23 years old, I had certainly been a Christian since I was a little kid, but as an adult, I made an adult decision. And I learned to love the Bible. I loved reading it. I couldn't wait to read it. I memorized it. And if we look at this idea that I want you to consider that the Bible is your best friend, And I want you to really understand that, that the Bible is Jesus. You want to plant him deep within you. So the secret to success, first and foremost, is meditating on his word, meditating on who he is, getting to know who this great novelist that wrote your story is. And so we see one of the most famous verses, John 1, 1, says the word became flesh. So in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word is God. So the word was with God, the word is God, he's in the beginning, and this is Jesus. So when you think about the Bible, this is Jesus walking around with you if you carry your Bible. When you're learning the Bible, you've got more of him in you, and you have more of a salient version of him that you understand better, which is the important part of relationship always. So these words are living words. I know you've heard this so many times, but I really want you to think about this. Because what do words do? Well, they either create or they kill. And I'm always hoping and hopeful that the words I speak to you through these shows and the words I speak to clients every day, to my friends, my family, bring life, healing, hope and success. And if they are killing something, it's something that needs to be killed because it's dangerous or unhealthy or is going to cause someone to, to veer off the course or for myself if someone speaking into my life. It's, it's to help bring safety. So you want to think about the benefiting, benefit of meditating on the Bible is success. This is one of the the things that comes with meditating. Because remember, God wants us successful. We plant God's ways deep within us. And then we receive inspired direction, uniquely designed for our own life. In this moment, in this time. So when I'm meditating, praying on God's word, deepening my relationship with him, I get that inspired direction that's uniquely designed for my life in this moment, in this day, in this time. So we see this with Joshua, and I, I always like to find a character in the Bible to help elucidate the points that we're, that we're learning. So in contrast to the directive that the Lord gave Moses, he gave Joshua a uniquely designed directive for himself. So if we look at Joshua chapter 1, this is verses 3 through 9, and I'm going to read it to you because I want to kind of go back and look at each verse individually. So he says, I will give you every place where, you're set, where you set your foot. For the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. So if we look at this verse five, he says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So this does not mean that he's going to have perfect success. It doesn't mean that when, when God says no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, what he's saying to, to Joshua is I'm going to do the good work I started in you. Nobody is going to be able to thwart my plan. So it means that nobody will be able to stand against God's plan for my life, not even me, which I'm very thankful about because many times I can be my own worst saboteur. So this also applies specifically to the devil as Jesus has conquered him. So in the Old Testament, they were dealing with what they could see. We are dealing with the Holy Spirit and what we can't see. So this is why we don't war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We have that, you know, in in Ephesians six twelve. So it says, don't worry about what you see men doing against you. Your battle is in the spirit realm through prayer and meditating on his word, obeying the laws of God. This is spiritual formation. This is character development. And this only happens with time. So when you are meditating and ingesting the word of God, you are that much better able to stand against the enemy. You're that much better able to stand against your own tendency to sabotage yourself. And so we see that God says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, never forsake you. So think about Joseph even. His chains became his crown. And so we look at these wonderful stories and this great novelist that is writing each of these men's stories and think about the one he's writing with you. And so many times when you're in the midst of a book, you think, oh my gosh, how is this going to turn out? Is this going to work out? What's going to happen? Oh, don't do that, don't do that. And what we're finding is, is that this is the same thing with us. So whatever, wherever you are in your own novel, your own book, you want to remember that God has walked out every single page of that and has written it and knows it better than you ever could, sees all the way to the end of your life, knows exactly where you're at, in the middle, in the beginning, three-quarters of the way through, wherever it is, whatever's going on, the Lord is with you. So he says to us in verse 7, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. So what God is saying to us is he obviously knows that we can't fulfill the law. That that's why Jesus came. And so he knows that we're going to struggle. We're going to stumble. We're going to mess up. We're going to know we're not supposed to do something. We're going to do it anyways in spite of ourselves. And so God is saying but this is what I want you to meditate on so you know how far off the reference points you are. So you know where the the plumb line is. The more that I meditate on who God is, the more I know who he is, the more I know how far off I am from where I need to be. The more I'm able to let the Holy Spirit guide and direct me in correcting me. And so I meditate on the word. I pray. I learn the law. And, And much of learning the law in the New Testament we know is learning Christ and learning who he is, how he would do that moment, how he would do that day. Because what I'm trying to do is have the mind of Christ, not the mind of Cynthia. So we have verse 8. It says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And so then he says again in verse 9, Have I not told you? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So what is the secret of Joshua's success? Right? It's primarily meditation. Meditate on the book of the law. This is what God told him to do. This means to know God's ways, not my ways. Again, to ingest the word of, of God, which is Christ within me, so that I can have God-based decisions. I can have the mind of Christ. I have the word Jesus in me. How can I not have success? So he says, then you'll be successful. So continuous inner mental and spiritual discipline was produced and walked out in Joshua. This gave clarity of thought, sharpness of intellect, and a great power of concentration. And he was careful about how he thought. And what he did, he was very careful to not worry and to understand what negativity is doing to him. So God is saying, don't worry, don't be discouraged, don't be afraid. So I'm sure Joshua's success as a leader was more about his willingness and eagerness to meditate on God's word than from his military prowess. So we have much natural ability and intellect. But when we depend on our abilities and forget to submit those gifts and talents to God, we may find ourselves way off track. In fact, we will. It's guaranteed. So we're, we're kind of coming up on a break here. So I want to give you a verse to, to meditate on, and we're going to come back and finish this part. It's Proverbs fourteen twelve. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me again as we are talking about the keys to success. Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm glad you joined me today. And I want to remind you to look on my uh, Facebook page. You can like that page. That would be always fun. We have great inspirational sayings and you get to kind of know ahead of time what shows are coming up and if I'm speaking or performing somewhere. So that would be at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. It's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T, Incorporated. So Cynthia Hyatt, I-N-C. And then you can also look on my uh, website, which I love it, if you would visit me there. And that's CynthiaHyatt.com. So today we are talking about the secrets to success. And in the last segment, the main thing that we were talking about was, was looking at the life of Joshua. And we saw in Joshua chapter 1, verses 3 through 9, that God said to him, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. He goes on in verse 7 to say, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. So, what this is telling us, because we, we know that we are not able to obey the law completely the way that God needed it to be done, and this is why we have Jesus. So what we're we're thinking about is, if I meditate on the book of the law, I meditate on the Bible, I learn it, I pray it, what I'm doing is I'm getting to know Jesus. The more I know Jesus, how can I not have success when I'm understanding that he's with me all the time and God is saying, I will never leave you, never forsake you. And we talked about this idea in the first segment of the great novelist is writing our story. And that it's, it's completely written, and God sees every single page. He knows exactly where we are in, in our own book of our own life. And the importance of saying to yourself, would I want to read my own novel? What kind of life am I having? Do I want to read that? Because I'm telling you, if you think your, your novel is too boring, you're probably not making enough mistakes. Truly. Because the only way to have success is, is making mistakes. Because that's how we learn. Unfortunately, humans learn by making mistakes. And so we want to have wisdom, so we maybe make less mistakes, but we have to try and try and try and keep trying and understanding that God is with us the whole way and that he's going to cover and help many of our mistakes because he doesn't want any of them to harm us, even though it may lead to horrible consequences. He's never going to leave us in the midst of those consequences, and he's always going to walk us out. He is very committed to our success. This is the point of Jesus. Why would Jesus die for us if he didn't want us to have success? And so what we have to learn is what success would mean in each of our own individual lives. Because my version of success may be more worldly than I realize. And what God is trying to do is get me to understand the success that he has written into my book of life. So that's part of praying, meditating, getting to know God so that I know his heart, I know his mind. This way, I'm going to be better able to have those those wonderful, unique insights about me that helped me to get on my path. So what we said here was, the word Jesus is in me. How can I not have success? Because then you'll be successful. And many times that success might not be what you had anticipated or what you think you wanted. But what we saw with Joshua is that as he meditated on the book of the law, it gave him clarity of thought, sharpness of intellect, and a great power of concentration. He was careful about how he thought. Now, the next show that we're going to have next week is going to be about worry and what happens to our brain when we worry and how very, very detrimental that is. So I'm sure that Joshua's success as a leader was more about his willingness and eagerness to meditate on God's word than his military prowess. So we have a lot of natural ability and intellect, but when we depend on our abilities and forget to submit those gifts and talents, we're going to find ourselves way off track. And so I ended the last segment with this verse, Proverbs fourteen twelve, and it says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. And we then see in Proverbs sixteen three, Therefore submit your plans to the Lord and they will succeed. This means that we submit our way, our ideas, with a willingness to be flexible. We become as little children, allowing the Lord to mold and shape our plan, even throw it out if need be, which is what he did with one of my plans, I'll tell you that. Trusting that he is committed to our success, that he sees farther down the road and he knows everything. So we can trust our father. He always succeeds. Even if in the moment, it may not look that way. So the first thing I do to ensure success is I meditate on his word. I ingest it. I eat it. I know that sounds somewhat crude, but this is part of another form of communion. That is we are taking in the word of God. So it's taking in Jesus to the inmost parts of our being. The second way to have success That you add to this meditation and prayer is endurance. And so we see that when we meditate on who God is, I am then better able to trust him with what his promises are and how to live. This is what the book of the law does. All he has done for me in the past, all those different experiences, this is what I do. This behavior helps to give me endurance, even if some of that behavior failed. It gives me endurance. So let's look at another famous Bible character. Let's look at Abraham, the father of our faith. It says in Hebrews 6.15, So after waiting patiently, Abraham received the promise. So Abraham was tested over and over and over again. He was also richly rewarded. The Lord tested him by delaying to fulfill his promise. And Satan tested him through temptation. Others tested him by jealousy, distrust, opposition. We see his wife tested him by being somewhat peevish or easily discouraged or weak. But he patiently endured, never lost sight of God's promises. He did not question God or doubt his faithfulness or limit his power or grieve his love. He took God on God's terms. He bowed to divine sovereignty. He submitted to that infinite wisdom and was silent under delays. I wish I could, I could be a little bit more like Abraham. I wish I, I did the testing a little bit better. So he waited for the Lord's time, and when he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So friends, God's promises will not fail to accomplish his will. We decide how much we enjoy the working out of his will. So I want you to think about that again. God's promises will not fail to accomplish his will, but we decide how much we enjoy that process of working out his will in our life. So I learned this in many of the times in my life of what I had waited for and waited for and thought, you know what, it's just not going to ever happen. And it did. Many of you know I was recently married a year and a half ago. And I patiently waited, patiently waited. I thought, this is never going to happen. I won't ever get married. And I was single a very, very long time. And in a time that I would never have anticipated, I ended up meeting my husband. And so I can see in retrospect how God was doing that. And what a wonderful process that was. But in the meantime, in the enduring of it, it was not that great. But a lot of the enduring also causes me to be a better wife. So remember, Abraham patiently waited and received his promise. So imitate his example, and you will share in that same blessing. So remember, God wants us to be successful. This is one of the reasons for the crucifixion. So he says in John ten ten, he says, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. And I have come that you may have life and have it in the full. Have it to the full. So the problem is that we have our own idea of what abundant life is, what we think God has promised us. This is where the trusting in who God is becomes so important. Because remember, the what I do is meditating on the who God is. I'm going to say that one more time. The what I do is meditating on the who God is. So join me in the next segment. We are going to continue to talk about the secrets to success. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I hear the whispers in my voice. Well, Welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And today we are talking about the secret to success and what that might mean as a Christian, how that might occur, and what we can do to really work with God because he wants us successful. And before I get too far into this, I want to remind you certainly to visit um, my Facebook page. You can like it. It's uh, Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. And my website is CynthiaHyatt.com. And that is C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. So I love it when you give me comments and visit and let me know what's going on with you. So thank you for that. So when we're talking about the secrets to success, the first one we talked about was this idea that there has to be a, a discipline of meditation and prayer. I have to be meditating on the Word of God, and we looked at the first chapter, um, verses three through nine of Joshua, and how God told him very specifically, meditate on the Book of the Law. Don't veer from it. Don't don't let it slip out of your mouth in an inappropriate manner. Don't don't. Don't veer either to the right or to the left, but obey the law and ingest the law. That's what he wanted Joshua to do, was to really take in the book of the law and know it so well that he had given to Moses. And he says to him very specifically, if you do this, you will have success. You will be prosperous and successful. So what we're wanting to do is make sure that we are meditating on the book of the law. That is the Bible. And what all that wisdom has to, to tell us and all those stories of all these people and how they endured. And so as we talk about this, we're understanding that our life is like a novel. And what is your novel like? Do you want to read it? Would you want to read it? And if not, why not? And so understanding that the great novelist, this is God, has written a beautiful life story for you to walk out. And it's trusting that. So as we were talking about the second one, it is the, in, the need to be able to endure. And so we meditate on who God is, and and we understand that as we meditate that's what we do those behaviors that the bible tells us to practice and as i as i meditate then i begin to know who god is as i know who he is i am better able to trust him and hear the unique insights he has to give me as he's guiding me in in the life of that i have been given so we have to understand that this is a really important thing that we are fighting the good fight, fight of faith that we must believe. We must fight to believe that God wants us us successful. Because the enemy wants to tell us that we're messing up everything. The enemy wants to tell us that God doesn't have a calling on our life. That God's forgotten about us. He doesn't love us. He doesn't care about us. He's mad at us. Whatever accusations you hear from the enemy, we have to fight the fight of faith that we continue to fight to believe that God has good things for us. He has good plans for us to prosper us, not to harm us, for hope, for future. And that he's very active in the plan that he created for you and for me. And that he's not going to leave us, nor is he going to forsake us in the middle of that process. So we can, if you want, you can look up the reference verse for that. That's Second Timothy 4, 7 through 8. And it talks about fighting that good fight of faith. And so as we are truly learning endurance, that's patiently enduring. And understand that being patient doesn't mean being inactive. As I'm learning endurance, I may be doing a whole bunch of different things that don't seem to make up anything. And it may be very confusing. But when we look in retrospect, we see many times that all the mistakes that I made and all the right decisions I made are leading to this ultimate goal that God wants me to finish well. He doesn't want to lose me on any part of the race. So many times I need to pace myself. So if you think about marathoners that are, you know, working on endurance, many times they have to, you know, stop at the watershed and, and drink water and, and get some endurance you know, as they are feeding their body in that manner so that they can truly jump back into the race and not quit. And so many times God might have us take breaks. Many times God might be spur- spurring us on. And so many times we might trip, we might fall. But if you've ever watched someone run a marathon, we always want them to get back up. And so it's important that even if we trip, even if we fall, But that doesn't mean we just lay there and stay there. If you've ever tripped, don't you get right back up? And so it's important that as we're running this race, that we are allowing God to work on that endurance part of us. Because endurance, you will find, leads to many great things. So as we meditate on on the Word of God, and we ingest Jesus into our hearts, into our minds, and we practice enduring and patiently trusting and believing that God wants good things for us, fighting to believe, that he wants us to be successful, and believing what his heart is. So the more that we meditate on the Bible, the more we pray, the more we know who God is. The more I know who God is, the more I can trust him. If you have somebody in your life that you trust, it's because you know them. So that when something looks amiss or someone speaks a word against that person, you can say, no, I know that person. I know who they are. God wants us to be able to say to the enemy. To any naysayer in our life. No, I know who God is and I know what God has for me and I know what his promises are for me. And so the hardest part is that we want specific promises. And that's where we learn to trust God with an overall promise of goodness for us. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. And in this last segment, we're gonna talk we're gonna finish this up and I'm gonna give you some some of my own life examples. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm so glad you joined today. And if you're just joining right now, what we're talking about is the secrets to success. And we're talking about there's three elements that go into success and what that really means. The first one is meditation and prayer. That is our foundational piece for having any success in life at all, is meditating and praying on the Word of God, knowing who God is, creating and, and allowing that relationship to deepen Because the more that I know who God is, the more I know his word, the more I know how far off track I might be. The more that I trust that he has a plan for me, that he's not going to abandon me, he's not going to forsake me, and that he has a good plan. And his promises are that he wants me to be successful. This is part of what, you know, one of the biggest reasons that he sent Jesus was for Jesus to humble himself to become human so that we could have success as humans. And what we have to work on is the better that I know God, the more I know what success means for me individually. Instead of trying to look at the way the world sees success and try to pick one of those things and say, that's what I want to do. That's the success I want to have. See, our personal success is making sure that we are living out the life that God has designed us and destined us to do. And doing that with the second element, which is endurance. And that means that I'm patiently waiting, just as Abraham did. And I'm waiting for God to do that. And I'm wondering, wow, what's the, you know, as, as we talked about having a great, our life is a great novel. What is that next page turn going to show? But knowing that just as you read through a book, there is a beginning, there is an end. And God has written that book and he has a plan and he knows how to get you through every page. And he is committed to your success. So while we endure, we are fighting that fight of faith. We are believing that is true. So this last one. That we're talking about. This third element is depth. And, and I mean being a deep person, not a shallow person, because endurance creates depth and depth supports the ability to endure. So I'm going to say that again. Endurance creates depth and depth supports the ability to endure. The only way that I can endure and be deepened is when I start with a foundation of meditation and prayer with Jesus. And so we look at Matthew 13, 3 through 5. He said, then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he scattered the seeds, some fell along the path and the birds ate, ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it didn't, didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up and the plants were scorched, they withered because they had no root. So the Message Bible says the seed is cast in the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm, but there's no soil of character. So when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there's nothing to show for it. See, shallow, this is what we want to look at. It would seem that the teaching for this portion of the parable is that the person, this kind of person only wants to feel good, so they're easily discouraged. You see, they're not a person of endurance, and so if they don't, can't endure, they, they're not deepened to know the deeper things of God. So the shallow nature lives in impulses, impressions, instincts, and mostly its surroundings. This is the person that's highly affected by the external world. This is an immature way to live. And we've talked many times on this show about not being an externally focused person, but internally. That my truths come from the Jesus that lives in me, not from looking at the external world and deciding whether or not I'm happy or successful because of what it looks like outside. So it's, it's this kind of person When testing comes, like we look at Abraham's wife, and I'm not trying to diss her in any way, but these types of people, when testing comes, they get depressed, they get upset, they're frustrated easily, and they want to quit. So they're saying things like, it's just not working, what's the point? And goes back to the old way of living and thinking, although it may stay, this person may even stay and attend a church, but they're now looking at how things are not working and not looking at themselves as to what is God trying to teach me, develop in me? How might I grow from this? These are very immature and self-centered responses when we're so externally focused. And so it's important that when we are working on that endurance, that we are letting that testing and that enduring create depth, not cynicism, not um, skepticism or frustration or anger or, you know, being so discouraged that we want to quit and we're making our lives miserable that we say, okay, God, you are trying to, to test me, and you are testing me to create endurance and depth in me. So I want to give you a saying that God gave me. It says, endurance is the mother of maturity, and depth the offspring that is produced. So what we get from endurance and meditation is we get these very deep people that can withstand the testing of the enemy. They're the ones that are able to do great endeavors for God. Because what I want you to really understand Is that this whole idea of a sinkhole, if you understand what a sinkhole is, this is when the ground becomes so saturated with water that whatever is on top of it is going to sink into it. And so sinkholes can be very dangerous because we can have major buildings sitting on a sinkhole that we don't even know is there. We can have roads. And if you've ever seen pictures of that, all of a sudden the earth just drops and everything in it drops into this huge, big cavernous hole. So what God is wanting to make sure is that he's not building on a sinkhole. And so depth is making sure that that foundation that I've been meditating and praying and the enduring part can handle the success that God wants me to have. Otherwise, he is going to delay that success even longer because he's wanting to make sure that the success that he has created for me is not going to crush me. So maturity is imperative when you are handling any kind of success. And maturity only comes from enduring and from testing and growing in that manner. So I want you to, to look at this wonderful verse that I found. And um, it's in Philippians, the second chapter. It's three through 13. And it says, it, what, what I'm wanting you to, when I read this to is to understand that it's the beginning and the end of success is always humility. So true God-breathed success cannot occur without humility. We start our race with humility and we find that the deeper we, we become, the more humility we have. And this is what the life of Christ is about because the deeper I become in knowing me and the more that I know God, the more humbling it becomes. The more I have success and understand that it's God's success through me, the more humbling it is. So we look at Philippians, the second chapter and it says, this is one of the greatest keys for success right here. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ, of Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. By becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we're to do everything without grumbling. He says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So it's really important that we understand humility is one of the things that gives us the success that God wants for us to have, because it it becomes this beautiful life story that he's written. So I want to tell you, as we wrap up, a couple examples that happened in my own life. And when I was uh, growing up, I I, uh, started singing when I was five years old, and all I ever wanted to do was sing. And it seemed like a really good idea to a lot of other people as well. And as I kept going through life, I wanted to sing, wanted to sing. My parents kept saying to me, what about your education? What about your education? I don't want an education because I want to sing is what I kept telling them. Well, God had other plans. So when I was in um, college, the first year of college, I quit and I joined a rock band. It was a garage band because I knew, but I knew we were going to make it. And my uh, audition song was Pat Benatar, Hit Me With Your Best Shot. So that kind of tells you the dating of, of this. Well, so obviously nine months later, it did not, the band did not make it. We never got out of the garage and thanks be to God, I see how that's, that was wise. So I had to go back to my father humbly and say, okay, I think I want to go back to college. Well, I didn't want to do anything that was scientific or math or any of that related. And so my parents said, well, you know, she's really likes fashion and because I was an artist and I loved drawing and singing and, you know, I was a modern dancer and a gymnast and all these things that were not necessarily going in any kind of cerebral uh plan so i said you know maybe i'll go i'll get a fashion degree so i went to northern arizona university and i got a fashion degree fashion merchandising and design i ended up moving to los angeles well and all through college i joined a rock band too i go to college enjoy that in a sorority i end up graduating i moved to los angeles as an assistant buyer for robinson's may so i'm having great success in retail and hating it though. I don't like retail because I wanted to sing. So I joined another rock band and I continued to sing. Well, I decided to move back to Phoenix because I did not like the buying offices. It was all numbers. It wasn't really fashion. So I moved back to Phoenix and um, started working for Saksos Avenue um, as a department manager. And by that time, I had given my life to the Lord as an adult and I joined a Christian rock band. And then I became a worship leader, wrote a lot of music, but it never really got off the ground. Nothing really happened. No matter what I did, I kept thinking, I just need to endure. The enemy must be coming against me, whatever that, whatever it was. So as I did not like retail, I ended up in a very strange way, getting a job as a case manager in a psychiatric hospital. Just very strange the way that this job came about. Well, I loved this job. I loved it. And I had great success with, with the patients. And The psychiatrist, the therapist said, you need to go back to school. You need to become a doctor. And I was like, I'm not going back to school. I just want to sing. I just want to sing. So because I found out that I couldn't do anything more without getting an education, I begrudgingly went and got my master's degree in counseling and psychology. And actually, I liked schooling in that particular venue because I loved the topic and I still was trying to sing. So I became a therapist after I graduated from college, you know, getting my master's degree, and here I sit telling you today that I would never have seen myself being a therapist for 23 years, and the success that God has given me in that field, I would have never picked that, but what I see in retrospect is all of my plans were moving toward more creative endeavors, and if it would not have been for God, I would have never developed this other part of myself, and I would have never learned the things that I've learned. And I would never have been able to do many of the things that I do with people because I love people. And that is truly my life calling. And so what I came to understand was that I got all this wonderful elements of success for a different type of success. I didn't even want this type of success until I thought, in retrospect, I love this. And I see how God worked this plan into my life. And in spite of me trying to go in a completely opposite direction, this long circuitous route to becoming a therapist, he got it done, always in a timely manner, in spite of me digging in my heels. So I want to encourage you this afternoon that God really wants you to be successful in all areas of your life. That's personally, physically, with, your, you know, with others, yourself, physical health, he wants success for you. He wants financial success. I don't know how much or how little that would be, but he is always going to take care of you. He is always going to make sure that he is going to work out the good will that he has put into your life. And you can trust him with that. You always can trust the one who died for you. So I want to encourage you today to meditate on God's word. If you just start, do two minutes a day. Just read a proverb, read a Psalms. Really be talking to God throughout the day, thinking your thoughts toward him. That's meditating and praying toward him. If you don't know how to pray, pray the Lord's Prayer. It's a beautiful prayer that can lead you through a way to pray. And I want you to understand that testing and enduring is an act of love on God's part. It is not because he's delaying something just to frustrate you. He's not withholding good things. He does not withhold good things from those he loves. And the last one is creating depth and becoming a person of depth. So I wish you a wonderful week and God's blessings to you. And next week we are talking about worrying and what that does and how that
1: tears peace from our lives. This past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or a guest speaker for corporate and spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay anytime at KPXQ1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ.